Hi everyone, and welcome back to Everybody's Story. I'm your host, Emily Mikus, and I'm actually recording this intro in a new location because I've moved back to Michigan. So it's a bit strange being in a new spot, and if it sounds differently, that's why. But I'm settling in, and I'm excited to get back into the podcast. So I can't wait for you all to hear my chat with Elle. But before we get into it, I just want to quickly remind you of the Buy Me a Coffee site. The site makes it super easy for you to donate small or large amounts to me for the podcast production. I'm not sponsored. I don't have any ads at the moment. So this is my only way of making money for the podcast. So if you can, take a second, pause the episode, head to Buy Me a Coffee slash Everybody's Story, and donate the price of a coffee or two. And one last thing, we do talk about weight loss, dieting, and diet culture in this episode because these are things that Elle has experienced or struggled with. But if those things might be triggering or might feel quite sensitive to you, make sure to look after yourself and don't listen. There are plenty of other episodes to go listen to. But if you do listen today, I really hope you enjoy hearing Elle share her unfiltered, honest experience. So let's get into the episode. So I'm here with Elle Santos, and she is a self-proclaimed woman who loves food, fitness, and herself, and she's here to share her story. And we've never met in person, but I'm really happy to be virtually meeting her. So welcome, Elle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to, to have a chat with you today. Yeah, me too. Um, so I'm going to start with a question that I ask pretty much everyone, which is if you could tell me a bit about your body image or your relationship with your body. Um, if you want to start from a kid going to, um, kind of where you are now. Sure. I think my body image has definitely kind of shifted throughout the years. I think the, the furthest I can kind of remember is like, I want to say like maybe 12, 13, like that sort of like teenage, like a right on the cusp of becoming a teenager. And I feel like that's when you start to sort of not just see your body change, but you're seeing other people's bodies change. Um, and I think for me, that was kind of when the comparison started. I think for me, that was the the first struggle. Wasn't necessarily what I saw in myself. It was what I was looking at in other people. Um, and that's kind of been my like trajectory throughout, you know, my teenage years and into my twenties. Um, I think for me, it was like kind of seeing how other people, whether it was developing, they got really skinny because they went on birth control and then their boobs got really big. And I was like, well, why is that not happening for me? Um, so I feel like it was definitely always something. It was always, oh, should I be controlling what I'm eating as a teenager? Maybe I'll get skinny like the other girls. Or um, if I go on birth control or you know, maybe if I skip lunch for the next few days at school, things will change. Um, it's definitely something I was always aware of. I don't think that there was like a moment in time that I was like, oh, I'll, I'm, I think I'm fat. And all of a sudden it's like, now that's all I can think about. I think it was just like, you're just kind of aware of it and you're not sure what you think of yourself yet, especially if you're like hormonal and you're going through all those, you know, changes as an early teen. But I was definitely aware of what everybody else was going through. And I was kind of comparing my body journey at such a young age to everybody else's. And at that time, was social media even not that big of a no, thing? No, like, no. Right. I, I think, I, I don't think I even did like the MySpace thing until, I mean, maybe I was like a, C, a junior or a senior in high school. I think it wasn't, mm-hmm. I was a little older before that started. Um, the only thing we really had was AOL Instant Messenger, if anybody remembers that. Um, and there wasn't really photos, you know? Um, so that was just kind of, there wasn't anything thrown in my face besides what you're seeing, you know, in TV and magazines. So, you know, you see the covers of magazines at that age. And I don't think I was necessarily comparing my body at that age to stuff like that because I was so young and I wasn't looking at a girl in her twenties being like, I want to be like that, you know? Um, I definitely think it got worse when I went to college. You know, you go through kind of those awkward high school years. I was always a chubby kid. I never, I didn't play a ton of sports. I didn't really, you know, I did a lot of extracurricular stuff. So there wasn't really like a, oh, I was a senior. And then all of a sudden I joined the soccer team and I dropped a bunch of weight. It was just kind of like this. I was the chubby, funny girl, essentially. And 
Um, I think when I went to college, I really wanted to kind of change who I was. And, you know, maybe that would be a chance to not be the girl who's picked on or made fun of anymore. Um, There's definitely some scars left over from being, you know, that girl who was teased about her weight or, you know, anything like that. And I thought, okay, college is going to be it for me. I'm going to be that girl that goes to college and kind of blossoms into this like hot skinny chick all of a sudden. And it was the complete opposite. I went into like a crazy depression because I was trying to recreate myself just based on a look and it wasn't a sustainable thing. It wasn't a healthy um, mentality to have. I had three four maybe roommates in college who were all skinny and beautiful. And it was, it was really hard for me to be around um, those people. And I feel like it almost made it harder for me to forge friendships because when you're comparing yourself or you feel so bad about yourself because of the way, and nobody else has any control over the way they look in, in terms of you're comparing yourself to them, but it makes it harder for you to connect because you feel like, oh, they don't get it, you know? But in reality, nobody knows what everybody else is struggling with. And I I don't think that I was emotionally or mentally mature enough between high school and college to really understand that. Mm. And so I was in college for two years before I dropped out to, to move to Los Angeles. And you think, okay, cool. I'll remake myself here. Like, I think it just kept happening where I was like, oh, let me reinvent myself at this stage of the game. And, you know, I was never, regardless of how I felt about my body, I was never shy, um, which I think kind of made me a target in middle school, high school, and college because I wasn't a shy person. So uh, that kind of brought the whether it was the stares or the comments or just the, you know, people making comments about my weight or the way I dressed or what, you know, whatever it was, I wasn't shy and I wasn't necessarily trying to hide myself as a person, but you know, you wear lay extra layers during the summer, even though it's a thousand degrees outside and you really don't want to. And so I really thought like, okay, I'm 19, I'm moving to Los Angeles. I am going to, you know, I'm going to, find a new path for myself, forge a new career, and things are going to be different. Things are going to change. And what you don't realize or nobody tells you is that if you're not mentally like healthy in the way that you see yourself, none of that matters. Those things will follow you wherever you go until you work on your insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. There is nothing, you can't run far enough away from your body image. And I think having those visions of myself, like if I looked at a photo of myself now from when I was like anywhere between 13 and 19, I would be like, oh my God, I was so skinny and not skinny, but I like, I wasn't this like super obese, overweight human being. And that's all I could see, you know, whether it was my arms are fat or my stomach is protruding. It was like, you, you see something completely different from what you actually are. And so I really thought like, okay, I'm moving across the country. I'm on my own now. I'm going to do this. And that feeling finds a way to creep back into your life, no matter where you are or what you're doing. And so when I moved to LA, uh, nothing changed. And I think it actually only got worse because I work in the film and TV industry and I was surrounded by gorgeous people all day long. And it's not just people who are gorgeous. It's people who are confident and believe in themselves. And even if they don't, they act as such because whether it's that they're models or that they're actors and they have to exude some sort of confidence. But in reality, everyone is just as insecure as I am, but nobody knows that because these are all conversations everyone is too scared to have. Um, so I definitely think I kind of spiraled when I got out here and I didn't know who I was anymore, who I needed to be. It was like, well, my mind is telling me that my body needs to look different because I live out here now. And it, that's not really what mattered. Um, you know, I went on cardio binges where I was just doing cardio nonstop 
wasn't doing that. I wasn't getting anywhere because I wasn't changing whether it was my eating and drinking habits or my lifestyle. It was still all surrounded by this negative image of myself. And I think when you are surrounded by people who it's all about looks, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think, you know, the film and TV industry, you're on camera. I get it. It's, it's an important aspect of their jobs. And uh, it's just hard when you feel so negative about yourself to be around that all the time. And to kind of figure out your own journey is almost impossible because you're, the comparison is, is constant of like, but they look like that. I don't understand why I don't. Yeah. There's too much noise to actually like figure out what do I want? And like what you, like you said, what path do I want? It's just too much. Like exactly. Yeah. There's, there's not much room for, uh, you know, self-discovery and especially at a younger age. I mean, I started in LA when I was 19 and, you know, whether it was to figure out who I was in terms of dating or, you know, making friends, you have this idea of yourself and you're projecting the person you think you are. And if you have this negative self-image, it's going to be really hard to create any sort of bond or any sort of real relationship with people. And, you know, I remember I went, I would go on dates with models and actors just so that I can prove that I was good enough. I was good looking enough. And I wasn't the girl who I used to be that like, look, I can do this. I can date people who are super good looking and who are on TV. But in reality, even if I didn't like them, it was just to prove a point that I was good looking enough or that I fit in enough to be able to do that. Right. And then probably if they weren't interested in you or rejected you, you probably felt two times as worse as you normally would have, right? Because you're like, well, it's just because I'm not attractive enough or whatever. Or, and if they did like you, you're like, you just have this whole, I mean, I struggle with a similar thing. That's why I'm saying, I think I know how you're feeling just like the struggling with feeling worthy and feeling good enough and all these things. Yes. And it's like, until you get that, like, you're not, no matter who you go out with and no matter who likes you, like, you're not going to be able to you know, have a good relationship or feel good about yourself until you like do the inner work, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's until I got to a point or until you, anybody gets to a point where they uh, can, you know, walk out the door, whether it's before a date or a job interview and realize like, when I look in the mirror, I love who I am and I love myself. And the shitty thing for me is like, I loved my personality. Like I loved who I was. I was outgoing and um, I had no stranger danger, essentially, I would talk to anybody. Um, But I think for me, it might have been a little bit of overcompensation because of maybe if I have this dazzling personality, and I'm funny, and I'm charming, and I'm witty, and people think I'm cool, anything from like the neck down won't matter. And I think it was definitely, you know, me overcompensating for what I felt like I was lacking. And that's really like, it's, that's horrible when you say that out loud to be like, yeah, I overcompensated with a good personality. And it's like, regardless if you're shy or outgoing, it doesn't matter. Like none of that matters. When you think to yourself, I cared about making friendships with people. And my main concern was like, do you think I'm fat? Like, am I going to be one of those people that they consider like, like are like the hot girls, the in girls that they'll take to like a club opening or, you know, things like that. It's like, those are the things I was concerned about. And especially when I was younger, it was like, those were the things that were important to me. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I was, I was going to ask about the overcompensating, but I didn't want to like therapize you. I'm not a therapist. No, no, no. Yeah. it's, It's true. It's true. It's completely true. You hit this and it's funny because I, I don't think I realized that I was actually doing that until this very moment when I'm like, oh, maybe all along I was overcompensating. Or maybe you just have a good personality regardless, but yeah. No, I mean, but it's, it's, I think you, and I can remember it being like this from middle school, being that girl who was like funny and outspoken, but like secretly I would like do all my homework and, you know, test, do well on tests and get good grades. But I had to find a way in my head to stand out. 
And if I wasn't the girl that was attractive enough physically to stand out, I needed to find another way. Be accepted um, or, yeah. 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 And for me, it was all about acceptance and attention. Like I wanted to be that girl who people liked or wanted to be around. And realistically, none of, none of that should have mattered. I didn't need 40 friends. I didn't need the entire, you know, eighth grade class to like me, but that's what I was striving towards. You know, it was like an unhealthy, like everyone needs to like me and everyone needs to think I'm funny or charming or attractive. And it's definitely, as I got older, it's like you now have developed this personality from a young kid and that's kind of the standard I lived up to is, is, you know, being the one who was always down to go out and party till two o'clock in the morning. When in reality, I hated drinking. I hated partying. Like I love my sleep and uh, I get hung over really easily. So it was like, that was me putting on, like putting up a front because that's not the person I was, but I wanted to fit in, you know, and whatever I had to do to kind of cover up my body in a sense, like if I could be that girl that was popular enough or everybody wanted to be around, maybe they weren't thinking about what I looked like. Wow. Like I would do anything I could to, to put that out there. Yeah. Thank you for like being so honest with this. Cause it's not easy stuff to, share. <laughs> um, it, it makes sense though. Not, not obviously it wasn't great for your mental health and body image and all these things, but it makes sense why you would do that. Right. Like, especially at that age, like you just desperately want to fit in my uh, yeah. An interview I did there with Hannah, um, one of the last interviews, um, she was talking about, you know, from like a develop, like she works with kids, she's a camp director and like from a developmental, I suppose, psychology perspective, it's like, that's what we want. Like we need that attention and acceptance from our peers. So like, it makes sense. And that was yeah. coping. And I'm also thinking about like in movies and stuff, I feel like we still have this role of like the bigger, like what, like the, we'll say plus size or larger or fat actors, actresses, often they have like these roles where they're like the funny one, right? Because it's like, yeah. because I think we, we still see that the skinnier you are, the better and the more worthy you are. So it's like, if that, they have to be, they can't just be like an average personality or like have a different role. They have to be funny, right? To like bring some yeah. value or something. So it's like these messages are like in society. So of course you're going to feel that way. You know? Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's funny because to be honest, I don't even know if I realized a lot of the stuff that I was seeing in movies was affecting me. Right. And maybe it didn't, but now that I'm realizing it, I can go back and be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. When I would watch those, you know, teen rom-coms and I wanted to be the girl, I don't necessarily think it was even a, uh, an idea in the front of my mind that like, oh, the girl that always gets the guy is skinny. It was just like, I want to be her, whatever that amount, whatever that meant, whether it was her body or her looks or um, the fact that she was popular, it was just like, that is what I'm striving towards. Um, and I guess subconsciously it came down to, you know, to looks as well. And I think as far as being coming with the way that I'm feeling, I actually just posted about it today. I feel like the reason why I talk about these things and am so upfront about them is because it's not necessarily for everybody else. I do this as a reminder for myself because I still wake up every day and have to question my own body image. And it's something I'm working towards constantly. And I think it's really important not just to share my story, but to remind myself. And if that takes, you know, creating an Instagram account to talk about that sort of positivity that you don't see. Um, I think that's really important. And I think sometimes I'll wake up and I have this thought in my head and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to post about this today because maybe if I can get the thought out of my mind, you know, when you have a song stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it until you listen to it. That's sometimes how I feel this, this whole journey is for me. Like I have to get these thoughts out of my head and whether it's into an Instagram post or just texting a, a friend of mine, once they're out of my head, it's like, I'm kind of setting that thought free and not giving it life and feeding it in my, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, like, I, I suppose it's similar to journaling maybe, but you yeah. just are choosing to just do it a bit more publicly. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I'd love to actually get more into social media and um, yeah, sharing your stories and um, kind of how that's impacted you and others. And yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't really know where it came from. I just thought to myself one day, like we're quarantined. I've got nothing going on. I feel like I need to find some sort of um, hobby. And everyone's like, you know, I tried the learning a language thing and I'm actually still doing that, but it's not like, you know, it doesn't take up a ton of time. Even if I study that for an hour, I'm like, well, I still got all this time on my hands and I've got all these thoughts in my head. So let's try to figure out a way to combine this. And I texted um, some girlfriends and I was like, what do you guys think about this? Because again, this is me like putting my thoughts out there into the world. I have like a group of girlfriends that I will text and get like a hive mind collectively. Like, okay, does everybody think this is a good idea? You are like my closest people. Um, and they were all super supportive. And so I remember like going back and forth with you and like, okay, what do we name it? What do we do? Like, how, does this sound good? Does this sound good? And, and I thought, I'm just gonna share my story because I feel like there's, there's so many different pockets of Instagram and social media in general, but there are pockets of fitness. There are pockets of um, you know, plus size models. There are kind of the in-between. Then I've recently discovered this whole um, intuitive eating and there's dietitians who are putting out really wonderful information. And yeah. I thought to myself, this is my chance to not just create an account to put out what I want to see in the world, but also to follow the people that are healthy for me to follow. Yes. I don't need to follow um, a girl who's five foot eight and doesn't look like me if it doesn't make me feel good. If she's posting super informative um, photos and they're really changing my mindset and making things better for me, wonderful. But this is my space and I get to choose who I follow and what's important to me. And it's funny because I have a business uh, Instagram account. And I went on there and I kind of unfollowed all the fitness accounts that I was following on there. And when I went to refollow them on my new account, I thought like, are these accounts still serving me? Like, are these making me happy? Is seeing this content something I want to scroll through every day? And some of them, the answer was no. And the amazing thing about this new account is I get to choose what matters to me and what information I want to see. It's not just about what I'm putting out there. It's about what I am taking in every single day. And it's, it's so crazy because I feel like this new account has helped me. There are mornings where I'll wake up. And of course we all know we scroll the gram the second we wake up in the morning. <laughs> and I sometimes I'll wake up with a thought in my head and I'll be scrolling through these really amazing accounts. And someone will be like, I don't know who needed to hear this, but, and then there's just like this amazing thing. And I'm like, Oh, I needed that reminder today. Thank you so much. Like this yes. is the power of following the people that serve you, that better you as a person. Um, and I think just really immediately, my close friends were super, super supportive. And then I started getting messages from like girls from my past that I hadn't spoke to in, you know, 20 years or, you know, people who I haven't seen in 10 years and just being like, you know, I really appreciate this. And what I've realized is I, I am creating a space for all the people in between that are not fitness people that are not, um, you know, plus size models, because I'm not, I'm not a size 14, but I'm also not a size zero. So yeah. you kind of find this find yourself in the middle and you're like, well, what about me? I don't look like either of these people. And it's not to, to take away from either of them, but there's a whole group of people in the middle who want someone who looks like them, or maybe who have the same experiences as you do and just want to hear about it in a really real way. And I don't find that I censor myself at all. You know, I try not to put filters on any of my photos. Um, and I try to speak like as frankly and upfront as possible because I think it's important to not censor yourself in, in these, in these stories that you're telling. And sometimes it's a story. Sometimes it's just a thought that I've had, but um, it's a way for me to get it out of my head and onto paper, so to speak. And 
to just have somebody comment or DM me and be like, Hey, I have been thinking this for a really long time. I've always struggled with this. Thank you for sharing. Like one of my closest friends now is always posting pictures of her um, in a bathing suit. And she was like, I never would have done this. You know, I appreciate you putting yourself out there and loving yourself because now I feel it's easier to do it for me. Yeah. And I think that is something so huge. And even if five people, if my account never gets over 200, I don't care. Like if five people are happy with the content that I'm putting out there, great. Because that's what matters because there are not people that look like, you know, the, the big fitness influencers or the plus size models. And there's a lot of influence I gain from both sides. You know, it's confidence, it's knowledge, it's knowing what you're talking about, but it's also nice to have somebody who looks down and sees what you see when you look at yourself. For sure. I mean, I can totally relate to the sharing the story. I just chose to do it in a podcast. So um, I totally get that. And it's the same, like whether or not this gets very big, like sometimes it is hard to keep going, like just with like the time that goes into it, but then you get, like you said, a message or something and someone's like, Oh, that really struck a chord with me. And it's like, that's what you do it for. Right. Yeah. And when I first started, I thought to myself, I'm going to post every single day and I'm going to try to get as many, um, as many followers, as many likes. And, and that's, that's originally your, your kind of mindset. And then I had a few days where I was like in a little bit of a funk, you know, quarantine can really mess with your mind a little bit. And, um, I was like, Oh my God, I, I didn't post today. And then I thought, that's, and so I literally picked up my phone and I was going to be like, sorry guys, I haven't. And then I realized like, I don't know anybody an apology for anything. I am, I am running this account because I want to, because it makes me happy. And if I get into a depressed funk for a few days and I have a really bad body image and I want to share that wonderful. But if I need a moment to myself, that's fine too. Yeah. And I'm trying to be better about that. I'm trying to be less apologetic. whether it's about my body image or just the way that I feel, I think it's super important for not just women, but people in general to stop applying for the way that they feel. Yeah. It's not all sunshine and and rainbows, especially when it comes to the way you feel about yourself. And it is something I'm working at every, like, you know, you see the Instagram social media life and I'm trying to find the balance between sharing my stories, my, you know, insight on certain things with also being super real and, and being like, I'm not in the mood, you know, um, I'm having a rough few days. Yeah. And if people don't understand that they can just unfollow you, it's, you know, in real life or on social media. Like if you tell someone I'm not really feeling up to talking today, or you don't get a chance to text them back or whatever, you know, people who are you know, empathetic, kind people, the people you want following you, they're just, you know, they'll be there, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that it's, it's so funny that you were saying about, you know, either you unfollowing or them unfollowing. I think I'm trying to do that in my regular life as well. Um, where if that, if you don't serve me, if your attitude or your energy as a human being is not bringing anything to me in a positive way, or um, we are not giving each other, there is no give and take in our, in a relationship, you know, whether it comes to work or family or whatever, I am finally at the point now because I'm starting to respect myself more, whether it's my body or my mind, I respect myself enough to be like, this person does not serve me anymore. I do not need that negative Um, energy in my life. I'm trying to work on myself and I'm trying to heal from years, you know, basically my entire life. I don't need the, the drama or whatever struggles, you know, not to say in a friend way that you, you know, you you don't want to be there for people, but I think to a certain extent, if it's not a 50, 50, if you're not sharing equally and they're for them when they struggle and they're there for you when you struggle, I'm having it I'm finding it much easier these days to be like, I'm sorry, I don't, this doesn't serve me. I, I need to kind of be out of this friendship now. Isn't that funny how it 
starts with social media and then you realize that like, okay, it's actually in my real life. I can change a lot of things and kind of get rid of, not get rid of a lot of people, but sort of like cut them out of your life. Right? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, quarantine, I think it's funny. I think it went two ways for people. Either they started really hot with the phone calls and the FaceTimes and the playing, you know, games with each other on the phone. And, and then it slowly tinkered off into you kind of either got depressed or you talked to people less. And then the other people went quarantine started off really like, Oh my God, what's happening. And then they kind of ramped up into the phone calls and the FaceTimes. And so for me, I was one of those people that started, you know, hot right out the gate. And I was, you know, FaceTiming people constantly. It's like, I was that person that would FaceTime you without warning. And that's when you realize, okay, these are the group of people that I would have normally been talking to on a daily basis outside in the real world. So these are the people that I want in my life. And because I was only surrounded by those people, I wasn't around the people who made me feel bad about myself. I wasn't talking to the people at work who, you know, were misogynistic or, you know, whatever. I wasn't around all of that. It, it completely changed, not just the way I saw myself, but the way I treated myself. Um, you know, I started, you know, slowly buying equipment to make a home gym because I wanted to work out, not because I felt like, oh, I'm fat. I need to work out. It was like, oh, this is going to be something nice I can do for myself for an hour or so a day. Um, so quarantine really kind of shifted things and, and sort of my mindset for me, I wasn't around the, the negative things that, and the things that trigger me, you know, because there are, there are still triggers. And I know when I, you know, have to go back to work in the future, uh, it will be, it will be work every day for me. It will be a, a constant reminder, like all the triggers that I had before quarantine are still going to be there. But now I have kind of equipped myself with, I'm a little bit more loving and forgiving of myself. So now I just have to take the things that I've learned and the love that I have for myself and try to use that against my triggers when I go back out into the real world, because it's really, it's much easier, I think, for me to love myself when I'm not comparing myself. Yeah. I think for some people being alone, it's hard. You know, some people struggle with that. And I, I totally can sympathize because I've gone through the ups and downs, but my, a lot of my body issues are about comparison. It's always been very hard for me. I would go to the gym and I would see the girls who were super fit and I would be like, I want to look like that. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, but my body's not built like her. She's five foot nine and I'm five foot two. Like that's never going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, and now I've realized who knows what that girl, you know, maybe her full-time job, maybe she's a fitness model. That's why she looks the way she does. I work when I'm working on a show, I work anywhere between like 65 and 80 hours a week. So I'm not like a 40 hour a week kind of person that can go to the gym for two hours at night. If I can go two or three times a week, I'm lucky. Um, and so I, the, the comparison that I have now is on a completely different level. I'm realizing like there are external factors to why that person looks the way they look or acts the way they act and compare like comparing yourself with somebody just based on one factor is so detrimental to any sort of mental growth. It's Absolutely. something that I'm really, really working on. Yeah. And I mean, that can be bodies that can be about race. That can be about any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And once you can get, start to get past that mindset and start to not just judge people on like a split second, I think that's what it's all about is like taking those few seconds to pause and like, think about exactly about what you're thinking about. You know, too often we just hear these things and we just, just go about the world and thinking quickly about people, putting them in a box. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with quarantine, for me, taking that pause is across the board. It's, it's about the way I think about myself and how um, work focused I was and I didn't live my life and I didn't find balance between, um, you know, feeding my mind, feeding my emotions, like all of that. There are so many factors that I had kind of left out. And I think just taking a pause for basically anything at this point, whether it's a negative thought or um, the way someone's affecting my day, 
uh, or how much energy I'm putting into something when it's, is that really where I should be putting my energy? I think it's going to be really quite a challenge for me when I go back. But I think like you said, using those pauses and trying not to be that quick, you know, judge of character or, or even of myself, giving myself a moment and allowing myself to be like, this is different. Your life is different than other people. And you making this comparison right now, knowing what you know, you're comparing, you know, apples to who, you know, it's not even the same yeah. in the same realm. So that's definitely a great, uh, something that I feel like I, I need to do in general, not just. Yeah. I was going to ask as well about going back to work. Cause it sounds like, like you said, quarantine has been really good for like your body image and mental space. And how are you feeling about going back to work then? I mean, I think going back to really just everyday life after quarantine is going to be hard. LA is still really bad as far as cases go. So um, I thought like, oh, I've got plenty of time. And then I just got the call that I, there's a potential I'm going back to work next month. And so I think for me, step number one is knowing I'm not going to go back to the gym. I know that that not necessarily is a trigger for me because I really enjoyed, like that was me time. I wouldn't go on Instagram. I, I was focused on myself and, you know, th- that was a really special place for me, but I think because I'll have so much going on with going back to work in this new world, um, it's one less trigger for me to worry about. So for now, I, instead of loading myself up full of obstacles, when I go back to work, which is work and the gym and going out to restaurants, it's like, I'm going to just focus on one thing at a time. And if work is going to be my biggest obstacle, I think I just have to kind of sit with myself and just like now, sometimes on a daily basis, I'll practice my like sanitation and what I need to do in this new, you know, world. I think I need to do that for myself mentally. Um, Question, what are my triggers going to be? What, what are things that are going to um, upset me or make me question myself or make me doubt the way I look Um, and really work through, like almost have a list of responses or phrases or whatever it needs to be in my head um, to tell myself, this is, this doesn't matter. Um, that's what I was going to ask if you had like practical tools you would share for like, even for the listeners or anyone who maybe is struggling in a similar way. Do you have like mantras that you tell yourself as cheesy as that sounds? Or? I, you know, I think I'm trying to think if there's, I don't think there's necessarily a specific mantra, but there'll be times where I wake up cause I, I have been previous to quarantine literally leading up to like right when quarantine hit, I was, I've been calorie counting probably for the last two and a half years, maybe three years. It has become something that is like almost second nature to me. And the freedom, it was very scary at first, but the freedom I felt not to do that was amazing. So now when I have those things where I'm like, I need to control this. And for me, control is calorie counting. And yeah, to not do that now, I have to just tell myself, you're allowed to eat that that cookie. Like it's not gonna kill you. You don't have to work out after and you can enjoy your life. Like I think for me, just reminding myself about not just the food freedom, but just freedom in general that I'm having is really, it's an overwhelming feeling because it it was ingrained in me. I mean, my husband, he knew, he was like, here's the scale, you know, do your thing. Like he knew I would count out and measure everything I was eating constantly. And it worked for a while, but if you stop doing it, you're going to gain weight because that becomes like a lifestyle. And um, number one, it was because I wanted to lose the weight, but number two, it was because of the control that I had. And so I don't think this whole time there's been like a mantra that I've stuck to, but I just keep reminding myself of this freedom that I have. Like when I go grocery shopping now, if I want to buy snacks for movie nights on Fridays, I can do that. You know, I don't just have to eat like, you know, no butter, salt-free popcorn. You know, it's like I, the options are endless. I can be free and enjoy my life. Um, And the, the guilt associated, you know, will order takeout now and the the guilt that used to come with that 
was really, it was horrible. I would be like, I got to figure out how I can calculate this and how I can, you know, and then tomorrow I'll probably eat like maybe two or 300 calories less just to make up for this. And now I eat the Thai food and I wake up the next morning and I'm like, cool. I might be a little bloated because it was really salty, but like, I feel great. So I think just reminding myself about the way it feels. And I'm not talking about binging on Thai food, but I'm like eating a normal amount of takeout and enjoying your life and making memories with your husband and your family is way more important. Um, But I think going forward, if I need reminders, there's probably like two things I will do. I have found some really great accounts on um, Instagram that I feel like are really reassuring. And it's always so strange how timely the messages on there are what I need. Um, But then I also kind of have, I don't want to say an accountability partner, but I I have like a very close group of friends. Um, There's about four girls that I can call or text and say, I'm having this image in my mind, or I'm having this thought. And, you know, the one thing that I've gotten into the habit of doing, I actually saw it on Instagram is when somebody is venting, it's, you do two things. One, are you in the headspace to listen to me vent? Do you have the mental capacity to listen to me right now? And then once they say yes or no, it's, do you want advice or do you want me to just listen? And I think those are two huge things. And to have friends who, um, and even my husband who understand and can support that, you know, I think having friends who understand whether it's body struggles or, you know, mental health or anything, it's really important to have a group of people and a weird trick you could even do for yourself. If you're like, I don't have any close friend, nobody gets it. Text yourself. You, you can literally send a text to your own phone number and tell yourself what it is you need to hear, you know, be that advocate for yourself. Because, um, at the end of the day, even though these friends are there for me, no matter what, no one fully knows what you're going through except you. So you have to figure out how to be that person for yourself, because ultimately if you're going to love yourself and respect yourself forever and make this an everyday choice that you are making, because it is a choice to love yourself. Your brain is not wired that way for the most part. Um, I think it's to figure out how to make yourself your accountability partner because um, no one is responsible for your mental health or well-being. You need to make those choices for yourself and you need to know that it's what you want. For sure. Yeah, I love that. I've I've never really thought, I mean, people say like, talk to yourself like a best friend would talk to you, but that's like an interesting take on it is like, if your friend isn't there, you don't feel like you have a close friend, like just text yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but at that point you kind of like, you the text will send and you'll be like, I'm having a bad body image day. And when you receive that text, you're like, okay, well, how, if somebody were texting me this, how would I answer it? You know, um, I'm really super visual. Um, mm. and I also, the way I learned in school was writing things down so that I could see it. So for me, like a text is, is e- it's like a easier way for my brain to, to process, you know, um, journaling can be great if you can get all those thoughts out, but I was yeah. never good at journaling and turning it on its head, you know? So I feel like if I make it more of a conversation with myself, whether it's through text or even just out loud, uh, Mm -hmm. it kind of helps you break through the barrier of, okay, these are my negative thoughts. Let's figure out how to reverse them. Or, um, you know, I have this one friend who her, the, the way she speaks, it makes it so much easier for me um, I'll be like, Oh, I'm having a really bad day. I feel this, this, and this. I was looking through photos of myself from the past and I feel yeah. like I look fat now. And she'll, she, the first thing she always says is something along the lines of like, that's valid. The way you feel is valid. Yeah. Like it's okay to feel like that. And I think when people are like, Oh, that sucks. You're just like, Oh, okay. Well, that was an effective way of, of helping me along. And she always has this really like, therapist way of speaking, but not in a condescending way, you know, where it's like, it's okay that you feel that way. That is extremely valid. You know, maybe allow yourself to sit with those feelings for a while and, um, you know, see what, what's really causing it. And so 
it's, I feel like sometimes it's really nice. And now I'm getting into those habits when I talk to other people about, you know, their shitty day or whatever it is that it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to have a bad day, to have an off day. And if you recognize it, I think that that's number, I think that's the number one thing. And it's the same thing with a body image or the way you feel about yourself. If you recognize, I feel like I look like this. It's okay that I feel that way. But I just saw something today and it said something like emotions aren't facts. And I think that that's huge. I think knowing that your feelings are valid, but they're also not hard and, you know, written in stone. Your feelings are not a, a rule to live by. Don't believe everything you think, as yeah, they say. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really, um, really good that she does that. I've started to do that as well. And also to not not add to the comparing and say, well, there, other people have more struggles than you. That's like the worst thing you can say to someone who's struggling, you know? Um, so yeah, just be like, it's okay that you're feeling this way. And sometimes that's nice to just be like, okay, she's not like judging me. She's not, you know, just set the baseline of it's all right. You feel that way. Um, yeah. I actually want to ask something, go back to triggers and also to friends. Cause you mentioned when we were like in contact yeah. earlier about like, um, as you were starting to gain more body acceptance and love, um, you were trying to talk to friends and things kept coming up about weight and I need to lose quarantine weight and things oh, like that. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, I struggle with that, not just quarantine, but just in general, you're around acquaintances, loved ones, whatever it is. And they say something about calories or something. And like, have you found any, cause for me, I've just right now, I just stay silent. Um, but I haven't, I don't have the courage yet to be like, actually let's talk about diet culture and how bad yeah. it is and how damaging it is. And that actually triggers me personally, but have you found anything or what's your experience like? So I feel like it's kind of how about, you know, politics and religion. If somebody is willing to learn, then I think that there's nothing wrong with being like, oh, well, what you just said is really triggering because diet culture, blah, blah, blah. But I think if you're talking to somebody who is just you don't think, or you maybe from past experience of trying to talk to them, um, you know that they're just not going to get it or they're not going to understand. It's not that I don't waste my time, but it's like, it's almost going to be more mentally damaging to me to have to sit and explain all of this. And then it falls on deaf ears. So I think I definitely pick and choose my battles. Um, Mm. I, I think when people talk about, you know, oh, I feel fat or, oh, quarantine 15, Um, I feel like what I've tried to do is find a response like, um, oh my God, but in that photo, your legs look like long and amazing. Or, you know what I mean? You find a way to, to acknowledge it, acknowledge what they're saying, but give them back what they're not expecting. You know, they're expecting you to be like, oh God, I know quarantine 15 is the worst. But in reality, it's like, not only is your entire life on its head. You've stopped moving. You're, if you were a gym rat before, you're not working out now because there is no access to the gym. You're probably walking to maybe get the mail. If you have an animal, maybe you're walking your dog. Um, but once you can really understand how quarantine has changed your routine, your daily life, all of that, then, and I've, that's what I've done for people. I've kind of broken down quarantine instead of sitting there and fighting their body image or trying to help them with that. I feel like I talk more about quarantine itself and like, Hey, listen, you, there's a potential. You might be eating more or less what you used to eat. You're not moving. You're not walking. When we're at work, we're on our feet all day long. And now all of a sudden with quarantine, you've maybe stopped burning an extra three or 400 calories. Your body is completely changing. And mentally, your body is just trying to survive. So I feel like my approach to kind of that quarantine 15 mentality is to try to explain quarantine itself and the way that it affects you versus the actual weight or whatever is itself. Because I think for a lot of people, um, touching on a, the body image is a really personal subject. 
And I know the people who know me who might be complaining about the quarantine 15, they know that I have lost a dramatic of weight in the past and that I was a hardcore calorie counter and I am no longer doing that. But I think that that's the person they think they're venting to is the person who's like, oh, you can do it. You can get back on track. And so now I try to, to find the balance between the person who was that and this new um, kind of path that I'm on. Um, so, you know, you try to do the, the, but at the same time, it's really hard to sit there and work on yourself and then try to solve other people's problems. So I try to find a balance of helping them through it without making them feel badly about it. I also feel like I don't want to say that the quarantine 15 is not a trigger of mine because I obviously gained weight when I went into quarantine. Um, and that was mostly, I was still working out five days a week. It was mostly just from changing my eating habits. But I think for me, it's more image related than um, talking about weight, if that makes sense. Like for me, if, if someone were to mention, if someone were to mention, oh, quarantine 15, I gained a bunch of weight, um, I would be like, you know, I think you still look fantastic. You have to understand that. Uh, you know, with quarantine, you're not moving around nearly as much as you were. But if someone were to post a throwback photo of me 15 pounds ago, for me, that's a trigger is seeing. Yeah, I because it makes me almost feel like a failure. or Like I did all that. I lost all that weight for nothing. And now I've gained weight. That for me is more of a trigger. Um, is like if someone were to post a typical, you know, throwback Thursday photo, and then it's me 15, 20 pounds lighter. That's really hard for me is seeing the person I used to look like. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I mean, it sounds like you've come a long way, but like, like you said, there are still like triggers and certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think, and the funny thing is, I think as this process goes on, I think the triggers will change for me. I don't think that, um, it's always going to be the same. And when I go back to work, I think the triggers will continue to change. You know, something that didn't used to trigger um, will all of them start and I'll have to figure out how to work around it. Um, yeah. I think just off the top of my head, I think for me, I'm going to have to wear PPE, which is like, you know, the gloves, the mask, the, probably like the full like hospital gowns, like doctors wear. Um, and I think if I feel like I look fat, in the PPE, I think that will be a struggle for me because it doesn't matter. We're all out there trying to do our job as safely as possible. And that's one of the stupidest things to feel like. But I feel like if I go back to work, because this is a show that I worked on last year when I was my, you know, skinny, quote unquote, skinny self. And if I go back and now I'm wearing all of this PPE and I feel like other people think I look fat, that's going to be hard for me. I see. Yeah. For sure. And it's, that's, that's come down, comes down to comparison, but of my old self, Yeah, you know, I'm not comparing myself to somebody else, which is almost the worst comparison is my old self. Because when I was who I was last year, it still wasn't enough. It wasn't enough weight. I wasn't a small enough size. The, it wasn't the right number on the scale. It was never enough. It was never going to be enough. Right. And now I'm like, oh God, if I could just go back down to that size, I'd be so happy. And it's right. like, I wasn't happy then. Why would I be happy now? Like that hasn't changed. And that's the whole, that's what diet culture and all these things do, isn't it? Like just lose 10 more pounds. Yeah. How happy you'll be. And, but I think with yourself, I think like it is actually quite tricky because you're like, oh, I was there once. I, if I just work hard enough, I can be there again. Right. Yeah. But what people don't realize about diet culture is, one, it'll never be enough. But two, the second you're not dieting anymore, it's like with every diet you go on, every time you gain the weight back, A, it's harder to lose. And B, you gain twice as much weight the next time. It's like if right. you've lost 40 pounds and then you gain 10 of it, and then you lose that 10, next time you might gain 15. It's like it is such a yo-yoing back and forth. And as you get older, your body is only going to try harder to maintain this like homeostasis where it's happy. And 
what I've realized is if I am physically comfortable and mentally happy with the weight that I'm at now, why do I have to keep striving towards a body that I was so unhappy in, you know? And I was one of those girls every day I'd wake up and I would immediately go to the mirror and see how flat my stomach was every day. If I was PMSing or right about to get my period or I had eaten too much the night before and I was bloated, I would make myself pay for it. I would drink, you know, two gallons of water and then sweat till I couldn't stop sweating anymore. Like it was like, I would torture myself and you look in the mirror and you're like, Oh, is am I finally seeing abs? Like, am I super skinny yet? And it's like, now I don't look like that. And there are some days where I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I feel so bloated. And my stomach doesn't feel great. Like I don't feel like myself. But what I realized is when I used to have those bad body image days, I was a horrible person. I was so mean to my husband and it was because I hated myself. And I finally one day remember explaining it to him because I was so mean to him and he didn't deserve it. He didn't do anything wrong. He's, he's a man who doesn't understand what I'm going through. It could have been a woman. It doesn't matter, but it's a person who doesn't understand what I'm going through emotionally. And so I just had to sit him down and be like, I, when I hate myself, I project. Yeah. And now he totally calls me out on it. He's like, are you pissed off? Are you mad? Because he's like, you're acting like that towards me. And he's like, I haven't done anything. And I remember like we went on vacation and I felt like I had gained weight and he was like, Oh my God, your boobs look so good in that bathing suit. They're so big right now. And I got mad because he was complimenting me and saying that I looked good, but I was pissed off that my boobs, because when I start to gain weight, that's the first place it goes, which I know for some people is like, Oh, this is awesome. But for me, it makes me very insecure. Yeah. Um, because that's when I know that I'm gaining weight and I've associated weight gain with my boobs getting bigger. And whenever he commented on it, it would make me furious. Yeah. And finally he was just like, you have to stop like torturing yourself. You may have gained weight. I enjoy your body at every size. Yeah. Um, he's seen me when I'm 40 pounds heavier, when I'm 50 pounds lighter, he's kind of seen me all across the board. Um, and he always loves my body. But for me, I would get so angry and I was living inside this body mentally and physically that not only hated myself, but I would start to project it and hate other people because if they didn't comment on how skinny I was, or if he commented on something getting bigger or smaller, it was like, I, I, my body and my mind were all over the place. I couldn't keep it together. I was just so mad all the time. And it was because I hated myself. I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I felt. When I was heavier, it was even worse. When I lost weight, I thought it would get better. Yeah. It didn't. And what you realize, it's it's all in your head. It's all about the way you are thinking about yourself and controlling your thoughts. But I was I was quite a difficult person for for a, a chunk of time there because it was it was hard. It was hard to deal with me. I, I can really, really relate to that. And it's actually making me really reflect on a lot of things. Um, so I, I feel you on that, on lashing out at your partner. Um, if he's listening, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I was going to ask just quickly, did you ever go to therapy? I think I've been, so I've been to a therapist a few times um, throughout different times in my life. Um, I think, I don't think that they ever, I ever addressed body issues. Um, and I think that if I were to go to therapy now versus when I've gone in the past, I was looking for someone who would, Oh, take this homework home and do this. And then we'll come back and discuss versus the people who were making you do your own work and your own therapy. And, uh, I was like, this is stupid. Like she doesn't know what she's talking about or he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I basically like pushed it off to the side. Um, but no, I'd never done any, any therapy on my own, um, body image, but I actually have a friend who's gone through some, some body image issues and she would send me like her workbooks and her worksheets. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, you know, I felt bad. She's paying for it. I'm kind of just reaping the benefits, but, um, but she was just amazing and really passing along her knowledge to me. And a lot of the stuff that she went through, um, 
I couldn't necessarily relate to it first. And then you kind of realize she might be going through it in a different way, but ultimately at the end of the day, we're both still struggling with our image. So she has been super, super instrumental um, in me, not just healing, but continuing this process because she's going through it in a different way. And I think just having the two of us be there for each other um, has been kind of a, a, a cheaper therapy than, than anything else. But, but I also think until I started this Instagram or really dug deep onto social media in general about there being um, diet culture or, you know, issues about that kind of stuff, I don't think I ever really, you know, you have this little voice in the back of your mind that's telling you like, this is a problem, this is a problem, but you don't realize like it's a problem in the sense of, um, culturally or more than just outside yourself. And so you don't realize it's bigger than you and it's bigger than a lot of people. Um, so when it comes to the conversation of like diet culture, until I started that Instagram and those were kind of the suggested accounts that were coming to me, I was like completely clueless as to the world that really existed, um, within the fitness plus size model, all of that. I had no clue. And it's really opened my mind to the different, whether it's terminology or, or the different ways of coping and dealing and handling, you know, intuitive eating. The only thing I ever knew was counting calories, Yeah, you know, and that's the tiny world that I lived in. I lived in fitness and counting calories. And that's all I wanted to hear ever. I always knew better than everybody else. And I never wanted to hear. I tried keto. I tried whole 30. I tried all of it. And when I finally started to lose the weight on calorie counting and macros, I was like, I am, I know everything and no one can tell me better. Um, but I never really had anybody tell me like, this is not a healthy way. You know, it was a control thing. And I think now I'm realizing that there are bigger issues, that it is a diet culture thing, that it is uh, an issue with whether it's in, you know, magazines or, or whatnot. I think that the representation is, um, is, is really difficult to, to kind of nail down all it's, there's just so much, it's so much information. And until you sit down and figure out like, Oh, I have a body image issue. Like, I just thought this is the way everybody was like, we're all secretly battling stuff or, or maybe you think to yourself, no one is battling it. I'm the only one, you know? But then when you realize it's just a cultural issue that we all struggle with, whether it's because your mom would talk about diets all the time or, you know, or, you know, it's what you see on TV that was affecting you. I, another one of my girlfriends in my support system is really amazing. And she's making it a point to raise a daughter and a son that are aware and that, you know, don't talk badly about themselves, whether it's weight or race or whatever. She is, is the most conscious when it comes to things like that and not calling herself that. And just her talking about her treating her daughter that way made me realize like that goes for me. I shouldn't be talking about myself that way. You know, just because I don't have a kid to instill those things on, I should be upholding myself to those standards, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think that could be a good, um, lesson to end on. Um, yeah. Is <laughs> anything else you want to share? Any like take listeners or anything or advice you've received or that you've learned or anything? I mean, I guess I would say it's never too late to just have the conversation with yourself to really start to sit down and figure out what it is that you're feeling. And if there's any improvement you can make in the way that you talk to yourself or treat yourself. I love that. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Okay. Well, we're not done. I do a quick, like quick questions at the end, like rapid fire. So these are called my first thing questions. So you just answer kind of this or that. So dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Pancakes or waffles? Ooh, pancakes. Chocolate chip, preferably. (laughs) Ooh, okay. Netflix or YouTube? Oh, Netflix, definitely. Mountains or beach? Oh, beach. Okay. Sweet or savory? Oh, both. Okay. <laughs> uh, vanilla or chocolate? Oh, uh, oh, chocolate, chocolate. Okay. Um, tea or coffee? Neither. 
I don't really? do caffeine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and summer or winter? Summer, but my top season would be fall. Same, same, same. Cool. Um, and then what would, did you have a dream job as a kid? Um, my dream job, what I've always wanted to do and be was a makeup artist. And um, I am living that life right now. So. Lovely. Okay. Just a few more questions. If you could travel anywhere tomorrow, where would you go? Uh, right now I am really feeling Japan. Ooh, cool. Um, and last thing, what is the best thing or your favorite thing that your body allows you to do? I would say, Ooh, that's a good one. My favorite thing that my body allows me to do is probably to prove myself self, how strong I am, it's mentally or physically like working out allows me to show myself like I can be physically strong, which women are not necessarily like, oh, it's unattractive if women are strong, but then also, also how mentally I've changed and how I can be strong as a person mentally. Um, you know, whether it's the negative thoughts or whatnot, it's, I think for me, just ultimately physically and mentally to show myself that I can continue to grow and change in my, in my strength. Love it. What a great way to end. (laughs) Um, thank you so much. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media or anywhere else? Yes. Um, my account on Instagram is at wellbalanced. It's W E L L E balanced. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to be able to share my story and, and I hope that it resonates with at least, you know, help somebody. I'm sure it will. Yeah. Thanks so much, Al, for being here. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And thanks to Elle for sharing her story. Remember, we're at buymeacoffee slash everybody's story if you're enjoying the podcast and you'd like to contribute something. And find us on Instagram at everybody's podcast. And as always, please follow, rate, review, and share the podcast with a friend if you're enjoying it. And lastly, if no one has told you yet today, you and your body are worthy and deserving of your love and acceptance. All right, I'll see you next week.